joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast, and thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, we welcome on the show one of our coach leaders, Nanette Johnston. Prior to working with us, Nanette served as superintendent of Hardin County Schools in Kentucky. And under her leadership, the district developed and implemented the Work Ethics Certification Program, which serves now as the state model. Real important, Nanette was awarded Superintendent of the Year by the Kentucky Association of School Administrators, and she continues to provide expert training and support to KASA, which is the Kentucky Association of School Administrators. She provides that training to members through an ongoing leadership development program. And so I'm so thrilled to have Nanette with us today. I've had an opportunity to get to know Nanette over the last several years, and I can tell you all she is just a dynamite leader. I look up to the work that she does, and in fact, when we're in some of our own coaching development, I always turn to Nanette for some ideas and strategies. So, Nanette, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. Good. So let's start with the first question. You know, you coach and mentor new executive leaders. So what three leadership skills do you think are most important for executives to have to help their teams achieve results? Um, I think the skills of leadership are built on the foundation of credibility. With new and aspiring executive leaders, especially superintendents, I use the work of the Leadership Challenge by James Kuzis and Barry Posner. Their 30 years of research show that, that people must believe in their leaders. We must trust. Uh, the leader's word can be trusted, and then we must also observe that they are personally passionate and enthusiastic about their work. But in addition to that foundation of credibility, these are the three skills I see as most important in helping them achieve results. First, I like to call it the line of sight. A great leader must not only have the vision, but they must have the line of sight to focus on how to make that vision come to life. So to produce results, the vision vision really must be embraced by direction. The next thing I believe, the next skill is leaders must possess is to be able to inspire. It's not really enough for a leader to have a dream. A leader must be able to communicate the vision in ways that excite those in the organization to believe in that vision and to want to be part of that cause. And finally, the the last skill I would say that's really important is that the leader must demonstrate competence to mobilize others to execute to achieve those results. For people to follow a leader, they, they must see that leader model the way and lead with confidence confidence and competence. So leading for results is really about intentional action and execution. Yeah, really good. As I listen to those areas, you know, it just reminds me a little bit, Nanette, of kind of the elephant and the rider. The elephant, when we're looking at it, when you talked about inspiring, you know, we really, the elephant and the rider, the elephant represents the emotional aspect of, of what we do and the rider and the direction. And I think what I hear you say is we have to have that direction, that vision, but we have to have the passion to inspire people to move the organization forward. Uh, and, you know, I there are teachable things that we can do, but I think what was really significant uh, is modeling, that executive modeling, you know. So, you know, when you, as you think about your work, 
Um, was that something as you were thinking about, here's what we're doing, were you consciously always thinking about, I've got to really model what I'm asking others to do? Absolutely. I think that's one of the first most important leadership traits is to lead by example and not ask others to do something that you're not stepping up to do yourself. You roll your sleeves up there with them. I would go into an executive meeting. I remember having my first interview with the uh, the News Enterprise, a local uh, newspaper in our community, and they asked me why I didn't sit at the head of the table. I always sat in the middle because I felt like it was really important that I could listen to people and be a part of that collective decision-making, and they saw me a part of them not excluded yeah. from them. I think that's important. Yeah, and and you're such a model for that. And when I've been with you around leaders in Kentucky, you know, they look up to you and they respect you. And I, and I think that last part about what you're talking about modeling the way, you know, it's just, it's just part of who you are and they recognize that mm-hmm. and they want to, you know, they want to model that as well. So let, let's think about working with new leaders. So we talked a little bit about executives and you also do a lot of great work with new leaders. Now, what do you tell, what, what did they tell you? Not as much as you, but what did they tell you are the most pressing leadership needs? Well, quite honestly, I observe them um, living in the <laughs> urgency quadrant most frequently in that first year of the superintendent. See, there's just so much to learn and so much to do and to sort through. It's a little bit overwhelming. So uh, what they tell me is they they have a lot of things they want to do that first year. And so I try to give them some tips to step back and listen first. Uh, One of your podcasts, you talked about paying ridiculous attention, and I use that with them, to pay ridiculous attention to the people around them in their organization and outside of their organization and learn and observe so that they can, number one, build relationships and together inspire a shared vision, collective shared vision, based upon common thought. Um, The next thing I tell them is what we teach here is less is more. So I tell them to step back and not try to do everything at once, but choose those few things that are going to give them those quick wins. And then to use that as their foundation and opportunity to uh, scaffold and and then move forward. And then last but by no means least, I think this is critically important, that they demonstrate that they're the lead learner within their organization. I think becoming an executive leader, I tell them it is not the culmination of the destination, it's only a junction in their Mm -hmm. journey. And it is truly a journey. And I stress that the priority for them should be to build their own leadership capacity while having an intentional plan to build the leadership capacity of those within their organization. Because as we know with the John Maxwell work and the law of the lid, that those people that are working with a leader will only rise as as high as the lid of the leader. And so if we're not constantly raising our own leadership lid, we cannot build the capacity of all those within yeah. our organization. And what an, what an awesome you know job that is if you think about it. So we're having as new leaders to really gain competence and skill in what we do, and we're also having to help others do the same. You know, so just a, um, a, some people really want to be that new leader and are really excited about it. And the other part is it's an awesome responsibility to take on. Now, if someone asks you for advice on whether or not they should 
work toward becoming a leader, you know, what would you tell them? Well, first thing I, I do is I ask, try to ask more questions than, than give answers. So I ask them to reflect on ways that they're already leading in their current role. And I try to stress to them that and remind them that it doesn't take a title to be a leader. They are probably already doing some things if they have aspirations to be a leader that, that would make them interested that they're already doing within their current role or in their community. And then I ask them how that feels when they're supporting others to achieve goals collectively together. And that helps them to, to direct them on should they take that next step formally to be, be a leader. And then I always encourage them, if that is their interest, to step up and out, be a leader in their current role and in their community so they're also seen by others as a leader uh, because they're wanting to gain that respect and that trust before they enter into that role. Yeah, and you know, sometimes in our profession and we think about leadership, you know, people see leadership as just that next step up. You know, they just see it, okay, I'm here and then I'm, I'm gonna move to that next step and they just look at that transition throughout the organization or into the organization at that upper level. Um, have you witnessed or have you, when you, I know you have, but when you come in contact with somebody who's just looking at it as a stepping stone, you know, do you, do you recognize that sometimes they don't really understand what it takes to be the leader that they need to be? I do, I do. And I try to ask them to think, begin with the end in mind of where do they want to be and how can they best prepare themselves to be successful within each of those roles. And sometimes for people, it's not a ladder, it's a jungle gym. <laughs> yeah. you, you have to sidestep and do some different things in order to feel like you um, know enough about the next level of opportunity that, uh, you know, to add, not to be the expert, but to be able to ask the right questions. So uh, I caution them not to try to go too quickly because when they uh, go to higher levels too quickly, um, then sometimes they get frustrated um, mm -hmm. and maybe don't, don't achieve the successes they were looking for. Yeah. So uh, again, going slow, like we teach, mm -hmm. you go slow to go fast sometimes. Absolutely. Well, and, and uh, you know, just thinking back over my, my lifetime of leadership, I had the opportunity to move into a leadership role you know, at a young age, and, and um, so I didn't know, you know, I didn't know a lot at that point, and I learned some hard knocks along the way, um, but I know that once you move into that, that leadership is becomes the passion of the it work does. that we do every day, so I'm going to turn it a little bit, you know, to you, and um, as you look back on your career, I guess you've had such a successful career, you're such a model leader, people look up to you, and you're a mentor to people, so, and you've been recognized as that outstanding leader, you know, so just from a personal perspective, Nanette, you you know, what's helped you achieve success over these years? First and foremost, I would say I had the support system uh, from family, the team, my, my district, the, uh, my colleagues, my community were very supportive, encouraging along the way. Um, I think I always tried to approach things as would I be a person that I would want to follow. And so uh, taking a servant leader approach um, because that was the kind of leader I always uh, enjoyed following. So I tried to use that mindset and to be very grounded in, in my values of treating everyone with respect and dig dignity with a student-centered focus. Uh, that's really why we were in the business in the first place. Um, and I think 
uh, above all, I was pretty persistent. Mm -hmm. I believed in do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And I, and I, people could depend on me to follow through yeah. with that. And so. same for our team. You know, I think we do strength finders with our team and Annette has a lot of execution and her strength. So <laughs> I, I know, uh, I know when, when I need some, we need something done and, and we need to depend on somebody. She's one of the first people that, that we go to and you can, I, we're, I'm assured that you're going to execute with the highest um, confidence and fidelity and it's going to be great, great work. So let's end with this question, Annette. Um, if you were starting out today and knew what you know today, what one thing would you change and why would you change it? Well, it's hard to narrow to one, I will say <laughs> that. Uh, but I would have to say um, my challenge, especially going into the superintendency, was courage. And um, I did not aspire to be an executive level leader because I didn't have the courage. I didn't feel like um, that was within my wheelhouse, so to speak, because I had the mindset that I had to go in with all of the answers and be the expert in everything. And what I learned and value more than anything is I didn't have to have all the answers. I needed to be able to ask the right questions and then inspire and mobilize people to want to act and make things happen. So um, as a leader, I believe that you ask those right questions, you help people to uh, set the stage to achieve the goals and put that organization on a trajectory of growth and having the courage to step out and do that is something um, I think I would do with more confidence. Of course, 2020. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's 2020. You know, it's, but. that's, I mean, courage is, we don't talk enough about that. And you kind of, you know, you've given me an idea for really kind of an expanded understanding of courage for, you know, just looking at it for additional podcast because, you know, I don't know about you, but leadership is all about courage and um, I'm, I'm a relatively experienced leader, but I'm always still trying to find the courage to do the things that I need to do mm -hmm. and really digging deep to do that. Um, and uh, don't take that lightly. And sometimes I don't think I do it that well, but it's but we can't do this job without take without having the courage. That's right. I think I think leaders are always afraid of stumbling and falling, mm -hmm. and what that will look like to others. And sometimes I think that's the greatest example for a leader is to fall and show what happens when you fall and you get up and you keep moving and you're better for it. So I think the courage to know that that um, failure is really the first step to success is uh, is something we can all learn. And I learned very well, I think, yeah. as a leader. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your insights, and I know our listeners do as well. So I'd say to, to our listeners out there, as you think about the conversation we've had today with Nanette, you know, think about if you want to be that leader, and I don't mean leader just in terms of taking a position, but in many ways, we all have that opportunity to to take that next step to be a leader, you know, what would what would leadership really look like for you? And in this this week, what one thing could you do where you could model the way or you could create some type of path for vision and build that passion within the work that you do and have the courage to do the things that you need in order to take that next step? You know, what's one thing that you could do this week that really begins to build the leader in you that will make a difference for others? So I want to just thank you for being with us today and um, you sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you next week as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.